This show is brought to you by listeners and viewers like you. EvanX.com Tesla Accessories, our TeslaOwnersOnline.com community, and our Patreon supporters at Patreon.com slash TeslaOwnersOnline. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Tesla Owners Online Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Page. Today is June 3rd, 2021, episode 104. Don't have a show title yet. And I have a couple of guests with me. I have my usual Ian Pavelko, who's with me. How are you doing, Ian? I'm doing very well. How you're, are you? I, I'm good. You're, you're sporting a few days growth there. What's going on? I uh, This is me working from home being lazy. I'm down to shaving twice a week. That's how bad it's getting. <laughs> You sound like Bev. I only shower twice a week now. I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, we haven't gone that far, but yeah, yeah, the shaving thing is kind of optional these days. Awesome. And for the first time ever on our show, we have another guest who's joining us, and you might know her as Kim Paquette. Actually, that's her name. She's on Twitter. <laughs> thanks for joining us, Kim. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, we don't have enough uh, female representation on the show, and I couldn't think of a better person uh, to, to fix that dry spell. So Thank I thought you. I'd have Kim on, and we'll talk about Tesla and stuff. But uh, Kim, um, before we begin, uh, you're in the airline industry, and uh, you just got back from a trip. And uh, tell us a little bit about that, because you've been off of work for a little while because the industry has been suffering, right? Yeah, um, I was on voluntary furlough for um, a little over a year. Um, it was 445 days between trips. Who's counting? <laughs> I know. I, I asked Siri, I'm like, this is a long time. Like, how many days was that? Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so I just had my first trip back today. I just got home um, like an hour ago. And um, that's dedication. I, Thank you. Appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Uh, it would have been earlier, but. It was rush hour. Yeah, um, I'm based in Boston, so I have to drive 85 miles uh, to get home. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I laid over in L.A. and um, I met up with a, a Tesla owner that I that I've known for years um, from the forums and stuff. We've met many times when I go out there on layovers. And um, yeah, it was it was great. It was like an easy trip, and all my passengers were wonderful. And yeah. I was kind of wondering because, you know, I was thinking about you today because I, I did see that you had posted a picture where you're in L.A. And then, of course, you just posted another picture there still in your uniform. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was kind of interesting because, um, you know, this COVID thing is going on, you know, for a long time now. And I'm just kind of wondering what it's like. I mean, being furloughed for that long. Is it like riding a bike? You just kind of get back on the horse and off you go or? Um, yeah, it was actually easier than I thought. I, I had a similar amount of time off. After 9-11, um, I took a, a furlough, a voluntary furlough after 9-11. And it, I felt like that time coming back, it was um, it was it was harder because there were there were a lot of new things. Like, there are a lot of new things now, like people wearing a mask. And yeah, that was what I'm about to ask you, because it was, it's yes. funny because I was going to ask you this question and I was actually going to bring up 9-11 because you've been in the industry a long time. Yeah, and I'm kind of wondering if it was kind of like along the same things, because we saw a lot of changes in the airline industry after 9-11. Now with COVID, I mean, you, you get a mask, there's a lot more cleaning involved. I mean, how yeah. have you noticed a lot of changes? Um, uh, you know, the chain, there were a lot more changes, but things are starting to very slowly get back to normal. Um, like we serve drinks, whereas a month ago we didn't like that kind of thing. And so like, I'm kind of missed like the, the worst of the differences. Yeah. And, but we are still, you know, we're, we're not serving food. We're, um, 
very limited service, uh, like not in the aisle and 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 in in face to face with the passengers as much as we normally would be, um, which is kind of weird because like there's nothing to do, you know. I, I kind of feel like <laughs> yeah, it's true, for, you know, um, and it's boring, you know, because of that. But um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the mask is obviously the, the big thing. And I'm really hopeful that that d- isn't going to be that much longer because um, I don't like wearing it. I don't like telling people that they have to wear it. Yeah. I mean, I do, you know, but I mean, it's just like, I don't like to, I'm, I'm like the easygoing person. You know? <laughs> so I don't want to be the mask police, you know, so yeah. I just want this to be over. But um, yeah, so I hear you. Great to be back though. And like, for me, I, I'm like a rambler. Like I, I can't stand staying in the same place for too long, which is why my job is perfect for me because it gives me that outlet without having to like spend money on a vacation every other month. You know? So, <laughs> um, but, uh, that's why I did the road trips when I was on, um, my furlough because I needed, I needed to change the scenery. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, we'll give you a chance to talk about that a little bit later. Cause we want to hear about your road trips. Cause I know you just got back from another one before you went back to work. And, uh, we're very curious to hear about that. Mm-hmm. So having said that, I think we should jump in. We'll do some Tesla news and then, uh, we'll give everybody a chance to talk about whatever the heck they're working on. And then later on in the show, we'll talk, uh, um, and answer viewer and listener questions uh, for, for those of you who submitted via Twitter. Thank you very much. Uh, listen, if you're a first-time listener to the show, we appreciate you're here. If you want to submit questions, uh, just watch my Twitter feed. Um, you can go to Tesla Owners Online and uh, watch on usually Thursdays because that's when we record and we'll put a, a questionnaire, a Google form that you can fill in if you want us to answer any car or Tesla related questions or marital advice. No, that's bad. Uh, <laughs> um, we do it all. Yeah, we do it all. One we do it all. shopping. <laughs> all right. I'm going to share up my screen here so you guys can follow along what I am going to be talking about here. I'm just going to pick uh, this one right here. So our first story comes courtesy of our friends at Tesla Roddy. And look, we're seeing the first evidence. Hold on here. I'm going to share just um, fix this up here a little bit. Yeah, first evidence of the semi-mega chargers um, that are going in. Uh, this one's actually going in uh, Frito-Lay in Modesto, California, which is, um, well, it's a long way from us. But anyways, I always thought that this would be the first indication that the semis are almost imminent because without the these chargers, it uh, makes it difficult. Now, Tesla has been testing these semis now for the last <clears throat> three or four years, and they have an adapter that they bring with them and they don't like you taking pictures. But anyways, they plug into two, three, sometimes four chargers to get these things going. So anyways, the fact that they're actually building these um, tells me that uh, we're getting close. Now, I have um, a Twitter follower who who's like next door and uh, he said that he's going to keep me up to date on uh, construction plans. So it looks like uh, they've got vehicles there and they're almost ready to start construction. So uh, we'll keep an eye on this. And as progress happens, I'll be able to share some some information. Um, now, according to the article here, uh, Frito-Lay has about 15 trucks coming. Uh, they are a uh, subsidiary of PepsiCo, which is, of course, they own a lot of different companies. Pepsi has reportedly over, uh, ordered over 100 different Tesla semis. Um, actually, in Canada here, we have quite a few, like Walmart's ordered a bunch. Um, Loblaws, which is a large grocery chain, has ordered a whole bunch of them too. So anyways, I can't wait to see these things. Um, any thoughts on this, guys, before we move on? I mean, this is just the quick informational thing. Uh, I don't know how much. I mean, it's not really in our wheelhouse, really, because we're more car people and stuff, not so much semi-tuck drivers. But <laughs> apparently we get to 
somehow, someday, uh, maybe race one of these things around the track because that was one of the referral awards, right, that we haven't seen happen yet? Yes, one of many, many <laughs> that have yet to present themselves. But, uh, yeah, I, I hope we do. I mean, you know, what does that really cost them in the end? You know, like who who possibly wouldn't want to take one of these things for a spin around the track? No, it costs us because they don't foot the bill for anything. We got to fly. We got to accommodate. Right. Good, good, good point. Well, it won't cost Kim anything, but it cost us mere mortals something. <laughs> Anyhow, I thought it was interesting to uh, bring everybody up to date on that one. So, anyways. Uh, okay, the, 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 the latest thing that's also happened, of course, this one's uh, courtesy from our friends at Tesmanian, that Tesla has registered some trademarks for running a restaurant business, 50-style uh, style diner. Now, Elon had tweeted about this back in 2018, um, January 6th to be exact. Here's the tweet. It says, I'm going to put an old-school drive-in roller skates, rock and roll restaurant, one of the new Tesla superchargers in L.A. Of course, that never happened. But uh, anyway, so lately they've been uh, posting and taking out some... Um, some permits and 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 the like. Uh, let me see here. The uh, do, 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 they don't say. Did they say where it was? Documents filed. Oh, here, Santa Monica. Yeah, on Santa Monica Boulevard. Santa Monica Boulevard. It's oh, too want... perfect. I mean, it's like, oh, how <laughs> awesome would that awesome. be? That would be. I I hope this is not the only location that they do this. I would like to see it in a few key places. I'm not saying every stop needs to have this, but in no. some really big ones, like Kettleman City is perfect. Yeah, any of the mega locations when you when you have forty or fifty stalls, you know, it makes perfect yeah. sense. I think Kettleman, in a lot of ways, was kind of like the the genesis for some of this stuff, right? Because they put a barista in there. I haven't visited it. I've seen lots of pictures. Lots of friends have, have seen it and stuff. But ah, uh, this would be really cool. Maybe the old A and W. You know, the girls used to come up and give you the food and stuff. And it just doesn't happen anymore. I think it would be pretty cool. It's just a different way of doing things. And I mean, I can't think of any other company would do anything like this. I, don't I think. Awesome, and I and as soon as it's open, like I'm bidding an LA layover, and I'm going to go to it. I, just, uh, I, I thought you might change careers there, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, um, I don't have an article for the next one here. I want to talk about the lumbar support situation. Um, lumbar gate, lumbar gate. Yes, everything's yeah. a gate these days. Yes. Um, all right. So for those of you who are not aware, maybe do I have an article? Uh, no. Okay. Anyways, uh, so Tesla has removed the passenger side lumbar button and mechanism in the passenger seats for S's and Y's. Or no, threes, and y. threes and Y's, sorry. And um, anyways, apparently there's a shortage of parts and it's affecting the whole industry and Tesla's not immune to this. So anyways, uh, Elon went on Twitter and said, yes, we, we had to remove it. Um, material costs are all actually going up too. So this is, you know, representative of why Tesla has been increasing the prices. Um, he also went on to say that they have data on this and said that very, very few people actually used it. And I have to admit, it's a set and forget kind of thing. <laughs> um, I know on mine, even on the driver's side, I've said it and you forget about it, that it's even there. Uh, passenger side, I don't think my wife's even never touched the button. I mean, if the, what I think about it is like for the for the driver, you do set it and forget it because you get where you're comfortable mm -hmm. and then that's it. You're done. Unless there's something else going on with your with your back and you need to like adjust it frequently. I don't think that's something that you would need to mess with. And for a passenger, they're they're not typically in the car unless you're like road tripping for like long durations of time, maybe. And so it's not required but i don't use mine at all in fact mine was on and when i was on my road trip last summer my back started hurting me after driving for a while and i figured out it was because whatever position it was in like was i never touched it, was bothering me and i took it off completely so 
I don't know. I mean, I, I guess some people are really upset about it because it affects them, but um, you know, like they need it. But yeah, yeah and, and there's certainly a case for that. I mean, if you look at the competition, BMW, for example, um, have been, and I've seen some um, Monroni stickers re- recently that they're they're suffering from the same thing too. Uh, the difference, though, is that they're giving $175 credit, and it's actually right on the sticker itself. It says $175, like lumbar support not available, and we'll give you a, you know, a discount on it. Um, so, yeah, but I understand, like, a lot of people you need it. Uh, I mean, on the passenger side, maybe a little lesser to an extent. Um, right. Uh, not to say that it won't ever come back. Maybe when the part's available, magically it comes back. Well, we've seen, we've seen it happen before, right? Remember the, um, was it the SR Pluses? A few months ago, maybe even last year, they took the uh, auto-dimming mirrors off, and then now they're back again. Yeah, that's right? a good example. Right? I know so, that. You know, what, take, what Tesla taketh, Tesla can giveth too, right? So <laughs> anyway, enough about lumbar gate. It's not that exciting. But anyways, our next article is talking about NVIDIA, or is it AMD? AMD. All right, here it is. Let's listen to the presentation here real quick. So AMD. you might be surprised to learn the next place you'll find RDNA 2 graphics. It's actually on the road in the electric vehicle market with the new Tesla Model S and Model X. <laughs> so we've actually, we have an embedded AMD Ryzen APU powering the infotainment system in both cars, as well as a discrete RDNA 2-based GPU that kicks in when running AAA games, providing up to 10 teraflops of compute power. Holy cow. We're talking, we're talking PS5 level of performance here in the infotainment system on the new SNX. Um, Tesla is really gung-ho on getting this gaming thing going on these cars. And of course, I had the joke on Twitter, you know, let the begging for the upgrades and the retrofits begin <laughs> for a lot of people. Um, what do you guys thought? I mean... You know, in some ways, uh, I remember my Model X, the MCU was powered by a Tegra 3, and it was pretty slow, especially when Tesla just kept piling on the features. And, of course, we didn't get all the latest games and stuff. And I never really lamented the fact because I don't play the games in the car, so I don't really care. But things like using the map is is, is a pretty common thing. Uh, I never used a web browser either, so I was very happy in the Model 3. I mean, everything's nice and snappy as far as that's concerned. Like, again, I could care less about the games. But again, they've been piling on more and more features now. So, you know, if I supercharge or I'm waiting for my wife to go grocery shopping, I hop on YouTube, and it's just like now it takes almost a minute for the damn thing to come back up again. Wow. So I don't know, uh, you know, I'm sure that this will solve the problem, but I mean, how much more are they going to throw onto the car to bog it down again? Do you guys find yourself using the entertainment features in the game sometimes? I, I really don't. I mean, on this road trip that I just did, I didn't, like I had used Netflix when I was on my long one because I was watching a show like Lost actually, finally. Lost. I know. I was like the last person. I watch that show again. I'm, I'm, it's 167 <laughs> hours worth of watching shows. Um, and it was great. I loved it. Um, but anyway, um, but yeah, I don't really use it either. But I, honestly, part of it is because uh, the browser isn't as fast as my phone. And mm, so yeah. it's easier to go ahead and use my phone. And I don't play games, but, um, you know, I, I like I have had kids in my car play them, like my friend's kids. It beats but, buggy. Um, I like that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I, I think it's cool, and I what I, what I love about it is it just shows like how like far ahead thinking Tesla is compared to the OEMs. Like 
you know, they're having a hard time with just basic software lagging, oh. you know? So, I mean, it just, it's just ridiculous how far ahead they are in the software game. Well, obviously they put a lot of uh, weight on the entertainment factor. And of course now, of course the, the S and the X's now have that secondary screens now for the passengers in the back. So obviously something has to give if they're going to be doing that. Uh, but it points in the right direction. What's that? Just, just to interrupt real quick. Yeah. I mean, when when it's robo taxis and, and uh, you're going to really be using the entertainment, these things are going to be a lot more important, aren't they? Well, provided the robo taxi thing happens. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, I don't know, Ian? Not not willing to upgrade? No. <laughs> what, to an S? Are you kidding? I mean, you know, the Performance 3 was about as far as I could stretch it. I mean, I'd kill to have a Plaid S. I mean, oh, my God. Well, we'll talk about some of the numbers that have came out, I guess, uh, next. Yep, but we are. Man alive. No, you know, this is not something that I would, I think it's cool. I And I think it's long overdue that the S and the X needed a more powerful uh, infotainment system. So it's great to see them get some love in that department. But that's the last thing on my list I would, I would upgrade for. You know, to me, at the end of the day, it's always about the driving experience of the car. You know, like I'm, I'm that guy far, far to the left of, of the average Tesla owner where it's like, if you took away my autopilot, it's like, it wouldn't kill me. It wouldn't drive a stake through my heart like it would most owners. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, anything else in the car it, to me is is a bonus. And, and sure, the, the infotainment, I think in the three works satisfactorily for the amount of times that I use it. I got no qualms with it. So am I going to have AMD Ryzen Embly? No, no, I don't think so. Okay. I should do a poll. Yeah. <laughs> People love polls on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Well, we had some breaking news. Uh, and apparently on this uh, podcast here on Spike's Car Radio, I'll put a link in the uh, video in the podcast description. You guys can listen to it. Mr. Jay Leno had an opportunity to witness himself a brand new Tesla Model S Plaid doing a quarter mile run at the Famosa Raceway in Bakersfield. And it set a new world record. The quarter mile at 152 miles per hour, 9.247 seconds. Now, I say this as a world record because there was an official present from the Hot Rod Association. And I'm going to bring up some, uh, some specs here. Uh, according to the Wikipedia article, let me see here, 0 to 60, one quarter mile. Fastest car up until recently was a Bugatti Chiron Sport. 2018 model did 9.4 seconds at 254 uh, kilometers per hour, which is 158 miles per hour. So now we have a new world record, folks. It's a Plaid Model S. How's about that? And we haven't even seen the Roadster yet. No, and what's incredible is the numbers, they were like within hundreds of a second of what Tesla quoted initially it doing. I mean, they were so bang on the spec, you know, and this was just, you know, J-lining the thing up at random course and going for it. And I mean... How how incredible is it that it's like literally within the hair of what they announced it was going and, to do? And, and remember, the next car down the list is a Porsche 918 Spider, very limited edition. We're talking multi-million dollar cars yeah. here, folks. Yeah. Crazy, like the value for if that's what you're into, you can get the best for, I mean, it's just, it's it's amazing. We're getting very close to the hardcore SmackDown. I mean, if this is not it, I don't know what is. I mean, maybe when the Roadster arrives with the SpaceX well, package. Yeah, now we're going to start to see numbers that, that sort of on paper defy physics. I mean, <laughs> after that, you're getting into like top fuel cars. Well, if you zero, want to go faster. I mean, we're talking zero to 60, um, you know, at this point, 1.1 seconds. We yeah. don't know what the quarter mile is going to be, but I mean, they did 8.8 in the uh, prototype. So, uh, you know, the uh, SpaceX package is certainly going to beat those numbers. 
what they are finally at the end of the day, we don't know, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty pretty confident they're going to beat these numbers. So anyways, there you go. Those are the latest uh, news on the uh, Plaid Model S. And again, this information plus the Ryzen um, is kind of stealing Elon's thunder in some ways because they're going to have the delivery event on June 10th. That's next Thursday? Thursday? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to, they're going to lay the cards on the table and we're going to see a lot more. There's a lot more in this car than they've actually talked about. I'm pr- pretty darn sure of that. I mean, you know, other than the yoke steering wheel, there's, there's quite a bit more stuff in this car. I have a pretty good feeling. So anyways, for those of you waiting for the S and the X, I know it's been a long wait. It's been uh, over six months, but I think for some of you, it's going to be really worthwhile. I'm looking forward to being able to do a review on it. I have one of my customers here that's been waiting for like six months and he says, man, as soon as I get the car, I'm driving it over. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on here. We're kind of chugging through some of this stuff. All right, we're going to talk about Cybertruck because um, Tesla has started filing some patents on the Cybertruck. Now, the way I read this, and I'm not an expert on this stuff, but when they start filing patents, that means that the design is finalized before they go into production. They're starting to protect their intellectual property. So there have been a number of different uh, patents that they filed. We're going to focus on three of them here. The first one that got my attention was the patent on the tonneau cover. This is the rolling cover that's built into all the uh, cyber trucks. And as a um, closet engineer myself, I like to look at these things and see how they've done it. And one of the things that I always thought that was uh, going to be interesting is how do you protect the crevices or those, those, the hinge areas on these slats when it rolls up and rolls down? Well, I happen to catch this particular figure here in the, um, in the patent filing. And it is a special aluminum extrusion that they're doing. So this is not just square tubing here. This is very special. It hinges mostly in one direction, a little bit in the other. But what's interesting is if you can actually zoom in on this, you'll see part number 440. Um, That is a longitudinal uh, uh, weather seal. So as the unit flexes and stuff, this weather seal stays in position. It keeps the stuff from getting into the um, into the hinge area. Matter of fact, um, the hinge is actually set up in such a way that it actually prevents a lot of the dirt ingress into the actual hinge area. Um, I didn't really look that much further in there. I mean, there was some talk in one spot about doing the solar panel thing. Uh, you know, that is something that uh, Elon had hinted at that they were going to do. Again, it's not shown in this particular diagram, but if I was an engineer, uh, I think the extrusion would be a little bit different, a little bit of a like a cavity on the top, so you could put the little solar panels in there. Anyways, uh, the other thing that's interesting is how it actually rolls up inside the body. Now, I, I knew this uh, based on lots of diagrams that I had seen before, but basically the tonneau cover rolls up past the back window and rolls up in a drum. It's about a foot square uh, between the battery pack and the... Uh, the area. Matter of fact, I don't have a picture here, but there are pictures of the vault in the bottom of the, uh, at the back of the Cybertruck. And you can see there's a little angled panel at the back and that just kind of covers the tonneau cover. Uh, some people were actually telling me on Twitter, like, uh, what if it rolls up and, and there's, you actually managed to get some dirt in there. And I said, well, I don't really know, but I would factor that maybe Tesla would build a little access panel in the bottom of the car. Maybe you could open it up and hose it out. I don't know. We'll see what the, what transpires there. So that's uh, what I thought was interesting. It's fully motorized, obviously. And, and, and I know some people were asking about, you know, the possibility. Of course, our friend Mike at uh, Tesla, at the uh, Cyber Owners Club, was hoping that the back uh, wall of the Cybertruck might be able to fold in so that you get full access to the back. Obviously, with a tonneau cover like this, I don't think that's really happening. Who knows? In the future, they might do something. Um, let me see here. The other patent that I thought was really interesting that they um, provided was um, some information on the, um, on the exoskeleton. 
Now, this is lots and lots of patent, and I don't expect anybody to read all this stuff, but I'll bring up some diagrams. That I thought are you kidding? I'm reading every page of this uh, morning. You are. <laughs> I can't expect the viewers yeah. to do it. Anyway, so there's some prior art in here that shows the rough outline of how people usually build doors, including Tesla. So you have a sandwich of inner structures and a crash bar and the parts that motorize the windows, and you have the outer skin and then some trim and all these other things. And what they're doing in the Cybertruck uh, actually surprised me a little bit more. They're basically doing what they said. It's, it's, a, it's a hardened outside skin, a motor mechanism for the window, and um, interior trim. So the door lock mechanism, the hinges will be bonded to the skin somehow. I don't know how. Um, I always kind of wondered about welding. I mean, I know this stuff is thick, but, you know, when you weld, sometimes you get discoloration, right? Don't know how they're going to do that. But anyways, simplifying, right, right? And if you think about it, it really explains how they're able to get the cost of the Cybertruck down because all those extra parts, processes, it's not just the parts. It's the processes to make it. The robots, the, the workers. The time. Right, the time. So they're thinking yeah. quite laterally on that. So I thought that was kind of interesting. They don't really go into much more detail on that stuff. But anyways, links will be all in the uh, video and the podcast descriptions. You guys can check it out. And then the last patent, and this one really caught a lot of people's attention, was um, a patent talking about some of the new user interface elements. And of course, this is kind of overgeneralized, but all of the images that are in the patent were all related to Cybertruck. So everybody's flipping out. Number one that everybody caught was, hey, it shows 610 miles of range <laughs> in, the, uh, in the top bar. So everybody's thinking that's what it's going to be. Well, again, just remember, folks, these are, these are mock-ups. I actually hope, personally, looking at these, that they actually do it for the Cybertruck. Uh, in a lot of ways, the, that car really demands a new user interface, and it really has to be futuristic. And we got a little taste of it um, at the Cybertruck event. Mm -hmm. um, we got to see some of the mock-ups. I mean, it wasn't finished and stuff. Um, some other interesting stuff. Uh, it looks like the, there's a diagram in here about the camper, which is the slide-out stove and stuff, and it shows that there might even be a possibility of being able to control the, the cooktops right from the screen instead of actually having to go outside. So Certainly some, what it looks like, eh? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I thought that was kind of, that was cool. Um, there's some other stuff too. Now, this one really caught my attention right here. Um, this one shows uh, terrain. Now, why would it show terrain? Take a guess. Bueller? Off-road autopilot? <laughs> Remember, yeah. if, if you look yeah. at the images, and I have lots of them here on the forum, yeah. there, there's a camera uh, on the front of the Cybertruck pointing down in the front fascia. Hmm. So with autopilot um, and melding of all their vision systems, there is no reason why they wouldn't be able to use that camera to stitch things together to be able to see things like terrain and be able to read it and be yeah. able to adjust the suspension dynamically. That's what I got from this. Well, to your point, Trev, there's a few things. Yeah, in order for it to be able to react in real time and raise or lower the vehicle, you know, corner to corner based on the obstacles it's encountering. If nothing else, you know, for a hardcore off-roader, when you get into certain positions, when you're crawling over rocks and trees and things like that, it, it's nice to be able to see what's happening down sort of under the front bumper, right, as you approach things. So I, I can see a multitude of uh, uses for it, for sure. This is not unique. I mean, if you look at the GM uh, hum Hummer, the electric one, it has underbody cameras. Mm -hmm. uh, Range Rovers have it too, some of them. And then yeah. down here, they show the uh, a picture of what looks to be that crazy camper thing that they put on the Tesla website, and it's it's real. Um, I actually recognize this building. If you've ever been down to um, um, 
what's the street there on Cato Boulevard where Tesla has their engine Cato Road. Yeah, on Cato Road. Yeah, that's the building. <laughs> so it looks like they actually built one. And, uh, of course, on the diagram over to the right, he says, hey, what's this trailer attach? What's that all about? Well, again, I have detailed files. Right on the website, there are two cameras on either side of the license plate. What do you think that's for? Autopilot hitch mode. Yeah. Right? Oh, for sure. So, yeah, that's, it's looking really promising. I mean, there's a lot of stuff about the Cybertruck we don't know yet. And, uh, yeah. Anyways, a little shot of the... Um, uh, the media, I, I apologize for the quality. I mean, these are reproduced several times, so they don't look all the best. Um, some other people pointed out in this particular screenshot, 20,000 pound uh, towing capacity. I thought it was only uh, 14,000 pounds. Yeah, Tesla sandbagging, right? Who knows? <laughs> that would be pretty incredible. I mean, that's like serious HD level stuff if that's the actual number exactly. that they're going to come up this with. This one was interesting. Uh, shows that the uh, truck is charging. And if you look closely, you can see uh, the tail light on the back shows what looks like to be a progress bar. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. What other truck does that? Hmm. Ford Lightning? Uh, Rivian? I think Tesla's taking some cues here. I'd like to see that. That's pretty cool. Uh, let's see here. What else here? This is uh, potential for uh, a, a better look at the calendar. There's a button on there that says apps. I know it's really grayed out. You can't really see it and stuff like that. But now there's a thing that's showing weather potentially. So there's some neat stuff on, on, on this stuff. Again, you have to remember, these are mock-ups. Doesn't mean that it's final, but it shows in a lot of ways because they patented all this stuff. Shows that they're seriously thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And the idea between patent, you know, when you patent something is to protect your intellectual property. It doesn't always mean you're going to use it. It just prevents others from, you know, pay the man if you want to copy us, right? So, and yeah, and sometimes to your point, Trev, they don't come out till years later. Like case in point was the Uber turbine. I mean, we all tripped over that wheel when it showed up on the, um, you know, the right. the Alpha Model Threes at the reveal, and it didn't make it into production until you know three years later. Uh, but they did patent it back in the day. We were right all over that. It's like oh, we were okay, patent. Lots yeah. of fun. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'm just reading it as I mean by now. If you look at the timeline as to when they expect to actually put Cybertruck into production. You need lead times. I mean, you don't put your pens down and you start making a car. You, you have lead times, right? <clears throat> you got to get your suppliers. They got to make prototypes. You got to validate. Then you got to make the production. It takes about a year. So I think at this point, you know, Cybertruck's finished. The engineering's finished on it because they need to order production equipment. They need to talk to suppliers and stuff. So if Elon is actually going to talk about this thing, um, you know, it's time to get off the pot there, guys. We want to know our stuff. But anyways, you never know with Tesla. A lot of ways, it's like they won't say anything until the car's in the hands or they have a delivery, and here's the first 50 cars. Model 3 was no different. And uh, they were keeping their powder dry for, like, the longest time on the Model 3 until they were really ready to talk about it. So I think a lot of ways, Cybertruck, we may not see. We might see some images, but we may not know all the final details until the cars are actually in hand. That's kind of... My experience with Tesla, anyways, they don't they don't like to talk about all the features, and they don't put all the features on the website. A lot of it, it's kind of like a discovery process for new owners. It's fun. <laughs> anyway, so that's what we have to talk about uh, this week. Let me just turn off the screen sharing because we're done with this, and then uh, we can have a little chit chat. Fine Lab has aligned protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. FineLab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at finelab.com. That's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B. 
To see the science behind the self-healing, check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. Fine Lab and Tesla, we were meant for each other. Let's let's give Kim the opportunity to talk about her road trips and stuff since she was uh, she's our guest here tonight. You've done how many road trips have you done since your furlough? Uh, well, in the furlough, only two. Okay. Um, I did a big one last uh, summer, and then I kind of hunkered down like everybody over the winter. Where did you go on that one again? Refresh my memory. Oh gosh, I went everywhere. Um, <laughs> it was, it was eleven thousand miles Ooh. in the end. Um, and, uh, it was five weeks and I went, uh, it was cross country and none of it was planned. I just kind of, um, knew that I was, I was going to go to Colorado and I was going to go to Utah and, and California, you know, but there was no, um, schedule and, uh, yeah, I just kind of winged it. I, I didn't make really any reservations. I just kind of, I noticed you did a lot of camping. Is that something you like to do? I do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I didn't do all, I liked mixing it up. Okay. I love sleeping in a tent. I love being outside. I love all that, but I don't want to do it every time. Mm. Um, I did about a third camping, a third staying with friends and a third, uh, hotels. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I have camping trips planned this, this summer. I mean, I, I love doing it, but like, I'm like a three night max, you know, in a row. <laughs> and then I need a shower. You know who the happiest guys who are leaving the campground yeah. to take a shower, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. And then I just got back from the Tesla rally in, um, Custer, South Dakota. And, um, that one was a, a little shorter. I think I was only gone for like 12 days or 11 days or something, but, um, but yeah, it was again, like I knew I was going to the rally in Custer and I had camping in the Badlands, like on my way there. Um, but other than that, I just kind of like, I didn't plan my route. I just plugged it into the nav in the car and kind of did what it told me to Wild do. Wild but... and fancy free. I love it. It's kind <laughs> yeah. of like what I want to do when I get the roadster. I want to go on a big, like the big road trip I've never done in my life type of thing. Just, and just get in the car and no plans and just go. I mean, I have a rough idea where I want to go. And then the idea of doing a little bit of camping, staying with potential friends or followers, and then, you know, a little hotel and stuff really appeals to me. I mean, my wife will join me for, you know, the trip down from California or from like Vancouver down to California, but that's the rest right. of it would be mostly me. I noticed you stopped at uh, Devil's Tower. That's one of the places that Ian and I hold very dear to our hearts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did we ever geek out? I can't believe we both posted the same I know. GIF. Mashed potatoes, yes. Close oh, encounter. Yeah. I, mean, I think we're all around the same age. Yeah, so yeah. like that movie when we were kids yeah. was, you know, it was big and I've thought about that yeah. movie ever since. Yeah. So I went to the Tesla same rally in Custer two years ago. They didn't have it last year because COVID. Yeah. And I didn't realize how close it was. And um, so this year when I was like, okay, when I went last time, I, I didn't plan on going. So I didn't have a ton of time off and I kind of had to go straight out and straight and have time to, um, you know, and I didn't plan either. Like it was very last minute. This time I was like, okay, I, I drove through the Badlands last time. I want to camp there and check it out. And, um, and I also like, what else is there to do? And I ended up um, going to Deadwood which was super cute and, um, and devil's tower. Um, because I didn't realize how close it was and it was, it was great. Awesome. Sounds like a yeah. great trip. 
Yeah. Yeah, I know. We're all feeling a little bit cooped up. We want to do some trips and get out and stuff. We're just waiting for the borders to open so we can finally get out of this rat. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I would, my next road trip, like big road trip when the borders reopen is back to Nova Scotia because. Oh, Nova Scotia. Yeah. And I did that road trip. That was my very first solo road trip. And um, I got, I got caught in a hurricane. (laughs) Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I. The, the true purpose of that road trip was to do um, the Cabot Trail. Yeah, I was going to say if you did that. That's beautiful. No, I, I was on my way to the Cabot Trail mm. and Hurricane Dorian was approaching. So I hunkered down in Halifax. And um, and then when it blew through, um, 80% of the province was, was without power, including every public charger and the supercharger. Like all the flow chargers were out and the supercharger was down. Um, but my hotel had a charger and so I was all charged up. Mm-hmm. So I just, I had to leave. So I didn't want to like hang out and see how long it took for them to reopen the campgrounds and, and get power back. So I have to go back. Um, that's... well, when, when you get ready to do it, uh, hit me up and I'll let you know some extra places, uh, that are worthwhile to see that are in the, in the vicinity and stuff, stuff that you might have not thought of. Yeah. We, I'm we, sure. we actually have family out there. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. I also want to put, uh, for uh, any of you out there that don't follow Kim on Twitter, and shame for you for not, <laughs> one of the best feeds out there, the oh. photography on your trips, particularly this last one, is just stunning. I mean, uh, you, you could have a sideline going there. I mm. mean, I, I, it looks like you just take them like touristy, but there's something about the lighting. You, you put more effort than the standard person is to, to get these shots, obviously. It's just on my iPhone. I, I, I do, like, filter them sometimes. Okay. but. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's usually just whatever Instagram filter or Twitter filter. Twitter actually has some filters, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, I don't. Um, thank you, um, first <laughs> of all. Um, but yeah, I I just take it with my iPhone. Yeah, they're getting amazing. These cameras, beautiful. There's so much beauty to see. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just you know. That's why I want to do another trip. Yeah. Yeah. Ian and well, I did a trip, that, but we slept about yeah. a third of the way. <laughs> that's right. That. We've each seen different parts of the country. That's right. <laughs> Neither of us saw all of it. That's true. I, I am I am really grateful that I had the time off um, to take my road trip last summer. Because, you know, when are you going to have, before you're retired, when are you going to have, um, you know, five weeks to just, roam your country you know and i've i've been a flight attendant for 31 years i've been all over the country but um i had never i'd been to the cities i had never yeah. done the in-betweens, uh, right yeah i mean i'm like confined to like you know a reasonable uber from my hotel um or in, when there is was uber there wasn't always uber um, so yeah, um, I never went to the national parks. I never saw the, the beautiful scenic drives and everything, all that stuff. So, and don't and forget was... folks, Kim, Kim has a real unicorn of a model three. Yeah. She has a silver one. Yeah. With white interior with, with the white interior, no less. And yeah, stealth silver. performance, and, which yeah. there weren't too many of those either. I know. I know. It, so hold it, on to that car. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, how can I ever get rid of it? It's Look at be... Mark Benton. He's selling his already. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Of course he is. It's yeah. been 10 minutes. Mark has to sell his oh, car. Oh, my gosh. Mark. I mean, we all knew that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> we got to have him on the show and explain yourself, <laughs> Mr. Benton. I did think it would be when he got his Cybertruck, but. 
Uh, well, I know what the true story is, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not at liberty to explain. It's all good. No, no, it's not a bad thing. It's now, not a bad thing. Re- remember, we, Mr. Benton, had a special request here. We we need to get into a little bit the friendly competition. And, and Kim, give us a little bit of the backstory because yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. one of the most entertaining dramas on Twitter. Is you versus our dear friend, Mr. Twenty Eight Days Delayed uh, himself, Earl, Earl, Earl yeah. of Frunk Puppy. What is up with this Peloton thing? How did that all start? Where did that come from? <laughs> um. Well, uh, so I met Earl like virtually on Twitter, like uh, when I kind of started following Tesla Twitter, which was, I don't know, like 2016, we were all waiting for the Model 3. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was one of the first accounts that I followed and we all kind of, there was like a, a core group of us that were still all, you know, in, in touch and we're in like ch- group chats and stuff. And mm-hmm. um so I've known him for a while and I didn't meet him in person until Cybertruck. Um, that was a, that was the only time that we've ever met. And, and but, you never uh, expect Earl to look like he does, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, he looks, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I expected him he's to look like. He's got the best but, sense of humor. God, yeah. Yeah. Him. He's like very quick. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I mean, as you know, how Earl was always um, like pushing his referral code. <laughs> And, yeah. Well, Legendarily. Yeah. Legendary. Yeah. Well, so he used my Peloton referral code, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just, uh, I, I, I am not an athlete. Like I'm not like, you know, Miss Peloton or anything, but I just, I don't know. He, he's a really good at, at taking, at taking it. You know, if he wasn't, then I wouldn't do it. But because he's so he's so good at taking it, it's just he's he's an easy target. He, I yeah, guess. yeah. He uh, <laughs> he doesn't take anything personally. No, he and doesn't. he's very quick witted, and he likes to turn things around. No, no, he's yeah, he's good. yeah, yeah. He's a smart and, and I just think that he and I have like similar sense of humor. Like he's better at the, you know, off the cuff stuff than I, I mean, I can get in the mood and like when I do my consumer, consumer report stuff and mm-hmm. stuff, but, yep. um, but we just, I don't know, like whatever our th- sense of humor, we, we play off each other. Yeah. yeah. Both of them were, uh, well, both you and Earl would really get into the Tesla Q stuff back in the day. I yeah. Mean, thank- thankfully it's mostly, you know, mo- mostly kind of died down. I mean, that was kind of how we, Bond, you know, yeah, met bonded, bonded. Yeah. bonded. yeah. Like, and there was a group of us that were really doing that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of fed fighting all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they all have us blocked now, so it's not as fun. But it's my, also you know, being on that block list was like the best thing that ever happened because <laughs> yeah. my my feed just cleared up overnight. It was awesome. Yeah, they didn't I mean, realize what they, they did us all a favor. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's like, thank true. You. <laughs> well, that's really nice to hear from you. Um, you know, I can't wait to do another road trip. Um, Ian, uh, you you did something kind of interesting. Uh, listen, folks, we'll we'll get to the qu- questions here just a moment here. But Ian does have something because you went on a little trip recently on your new motorcycle with your buddy. Um, mm-hmm. Can you fill us in a little bit on what you <laughs> what you were attempting? Well, I was I was gonna kind of keep it a secret till we actually complete the mission, but uh, oh, okay. especially if you're if you're anywhere nearby, oh, I'll spill the beans. What the hell? Um, Sorry, we, I didn't we mean will to put go... you on the put on the spot. No, not at all, not at all. Um, this is a really cool place to visit. 
if you're ever in um, the Laurentian area, north of Montreal in Quebec, if, if anyone's planning to travel out this way this summer, if you're local, by all means, there's a really, um, a really cool place to visit that is really well hidden. I think it's it showed up on Atlas Obscura. Like that's how weird and unknown it is. And even for Quebecers, I only discovered it about eight years ago. It's a place called Black Mountain or properly in French, Montagne Noire, which is just uh, southwest of the city of Saint-Donat up in the Laurentians. It's just off the Highway 329, if you're familiar with the local roads and geography. And in World War II, I think it was in 1943, uh, a B-24 Liberator coming back from um, Newfoundland with about 18 people on board, sadly, um, during really intense fog one night, crashed into the mountain. It took them over two years to find the aircraft. That's how far it was buried wow. into the side of the mountain. Yeah, it, two, three years later, they found it. And they, you know, obviously there's you know the the wreckage and the fuselage is all is all over the forest in there so they um, put together this nice little shrine um, as a memorial to the crew that was lost uh, on the side of the mountain there and uh, normally what you do is if you go up highway 329 you can find it on google maps just put um, b24 crash site into google maps you'll find it fairly quickly and you'll see the location there's a little parking lot just off the highway but it's about a three-hour hike up the mountain so you have to be pretty good shape and pretty dedicated because you're talking six hours there and back to hike to the site. Um, I am not so inclined. <laughs> I, I don't have a Peloton. I am not the least bit athletic. I will ride my horse. I will ride my horse. So about eight, eight years ago, I decided uh, to have a look. And sure enough, I found both from the east and west approaches on the mountain, there's all kinds of logging roads and ATV and snowmobile trails that you can take to get there. So um, idiot that I am, I got on my 500 pound sport bike and went at it. It's about uh, 12 kilometers. What's that? About eight miles down logging roads with like what, what the cool kids call the baby head rocks, like the Jeep guy. That for nonstop. It took me two hours to go eight miles. I was averaging four miles an hour. It would have been faster for me to walk probably <laughs> wow. to get in there. That's how bad the road was. It, in no way, shape or form that any sane person. Not on a sport a, bike. No, even on an enduro, it, it would be challenging. Anyway, I made it there, made it back, just because once I'm committed, I'm an idiot. So I saw the site. It was Not really cool. No, that's it. And now now that I've got um, a more trail-oriented bike, the V-Strom, that's got all its guards and the big knobby tires and everything, I thought, oh, let's go back and let's try it again. So, uh, yeah, we saddled up a few weeks ago, uh, what, a week and a half ago, and we tried to do this. And this time I thought, well, now I've got the off-roady bike. We're going to go you know, like the shorter route from the east side of the mountain, straight off the 329. Well, my first clue that this was a bad idea was when we got there. And just, I mean, 200 yards off the highway, there's this 30-degree incline that was about 200 feet high, and it was pure soft sand. And I'm looking at it going... Yeah, this isn't going to go so well. Oh, yeah, and there's a curve in the middle of this this trail going up there. Yeah. So I just gun it like in third gear and I make it to the top. Poof, the bike goes over on its side. I go rolling back. Anyway, get out. The two of us haul the bike up. Then he, my buddy comes up. Same thing. Poof, he ditches his. So we spent the next three hours going about three miles. It was like unbelievably stupid hard. I don't know how many times I dropped the bike into the rocks or into the creek or whatever. I mean, we had to clear the down trees that we had to like pull out of the way mm. to get through. Oh, yeah. No, it was complete insanity. Wow. So, yeah. So, you know, with about a mile left to go, we just kind of looked at each other. There was another one of these super steep inclines, you know, with just loose rocks everywhere. And we thought, you know this is probably isn't going to end well <laughs> you know, considering my buddy had just had heart surgery too in January, you know, oh, so, like, he was doing better than me. 
That's not hard though. Anyway, <laughs> so the two of us are <sighs> okay. One of us <laughs> is going to be able to get medevaced out of here. We're going to stop this nonsense now. But yeah, I think later in the summer we'll we'll have at it from the other side, and uh, and see how it goes. But yeah, I just just shout out to anybody. You know, if you're into hiking, by all means, yeah, please uh, hike a, it instead. <laughs> yeah, it'd be wiser and faster. Um, yeah, it literally would be faster. We discovered. But yeah, great, great place if you want to take the car. And, you know, now that we have such great charging up in the northern regions, I mean, you know, um, you, nice daily drive would be to go up maybe to Mont Tremblant, supercharge there. And then it's it's only about a 45 minute drive heading east um, to get over to uh, Montagne Noir from there. So it's beautiful, beautiful day to go out, you know, if you want to just tour the ranches and stop there. Sounds like fun. Yeah. If you're prepared for it. Yeah. Prepared. Keyword. Right. Well, I think this gives us an opportunity to kind of segue into the viewer and listener questions. As a matter of fact, the very first two off the top um, relate to FSD. And I thought I would have Kim on because she is in the elite group of people in the U.S. Mm -hmm. that are uh, part of the FSD beta team, anointed by Tesla, and especially <laughs> anointed to be able to talk about it on social media. Uh, what what version are you on right now? Is it 8.2? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've, we've had that one for a while. Yeah, I understand because they've yeah. been, Elon's been talking about this fabled version 9, which is going to blow your mind. We've yet to see it. Yeah. Two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. yes. That's the Elon yeah. drinking game. Every time Elon says two weeks, take a swig, right? <laughs> exactly. All right. So um, anyways, so the first question comes from Cameron. He says, for Kim, uh, in her opinion, is the current FSD beta worth the $10,000 asking price? Uh, current like beta. We'll see. Um, I, I'm not that I don't think I can answer that question really because it's, I mean, it's because I know that this is temporary and that we're getting the new version like any minute now. Um, $10,000 if it were going to stay like this forever, maybe not. Um, well, there's but, a rumor of it increasing possibly to 14,000. I've, yeah, yeah. I've that rumor uh, i mean i'm already starting crying uncle when they hit eight i mean 10 now oh my gosh well and 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 it, it went up to 10 but but the people that paid for it didn't get anything out of it yet like yeah. and going up again like i'm i'm i don't really like back when they increased it to 10 what i said publicly publicly was well they must have something good cooking if they are you know already raising the price and nothing's to show for it yet um, I guess I could say the same thing about 14,000, but, um, you know, it's funny because like doing the testing, you know, I post videos, the car isn't perfect. It, it makes mistakes. I'm, and I'm, I'm using it in particularly challenging roads, um, where I live. And so, um, like in certain areas, like even just in my neighborhood, it's not, it's not perfect because I'm on one way streets and it kind of behaves wonky on one way streets with parallel cars um, parked. Um, but when you're just using it like um, on uh, the big box store Boulevard with traffic lights and, you know, easy, normal intersections, um, it's really good there. And uh, I don't think it's as good as Nav on Autopilot is on the highway yeah, yet. It's, it's, it's a little less gnarly on the highways for, for Oh, sure. yeah. On the highway, it's amazing. Um, but I did use FSD beta on my road trip on and off the highway. I mean, well, I used it. It was on the whole time is my point. So I was using it even off the beta in, in new areas. 
And um, it was really nice to not do anything. Like it's kind of one of those things where once you have it, it's hard to go back. And so like I, I, another reason I can never get rid of my car is because I have FSD. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> um, like I don't, I, I, I mean that $14,000 is a lot of money to me. So I don't know if I could afford FSD beta. Um, but I also don't know if I could afford whatever the subscription is, like depending on what that is. I'm, I'm yeah. curious. Here. Um, so to answer the question, um, I'm not sure I would pay 10,000 for what it is right now, but I also know that it's a work in progress. So I've always been of the opinion, and I posted this on the forum that Tesla should go back to three levels, right? You have your basic autopilot, which is your tack and your auto steer that's included all cars. That's fine. Maybe mm -hmm. sell an enhanced autopilot that gives you all of the other stuff that's sold as part of the FSD package minus the actual FSD itself. So you get your auto park and you get your fancy summon and you get, yeah. uh, you know, a few other things, you know, sell that for, I don't know, four or $5,000 or something like that. And then the FSD is a separate option or change the price in such a way when the subscription comes along where you're only paying for the FSD portion of the subscription. I don't know. I mean, it can go a variety of different ways. I would really like it if they did a private versus commercial subscription, mm -hmm. you know, because if you're, if you're operating a robo taxi fleet or, yeah. you know, you, making money off of your car, then, then you are going to be recouping some of your expenditure. But if I want the safety features and the convenience but I'm just running my kids to school or I'm just going to the grocery store or I'm just, you know, doing like regular things. I, I mean, I think that it would be nice to still be able to have the features, but not have to pay like so much money for it because I, because I don't feel like a lot of people will, frankly. Yeah. I think we're at the breaking point. It's like, how you know, what's the attach rate of this thing at, at this price, given the feature set and the promise, which has been ongoing now for a long time. Now, I have no doubts that Tesla will eventually get there. It's just like how many more two weeks or two months or how much longer is it going to be? I know for me personally, because my use case, um, especially with the next vehicle, which is going to be the Cybertruck, I'm not ordering FSD because I know from my experience, and I expect it to be the same way as I had it with my Model X, the moment you plug in a trailer, you lose all autopilot capabilities. So why would I pay extra when our plan is to potentially pull a camper? Why would I spend that money on something? And even and the only time I actually use autopilot is on the highway. I never use it inside of town. But my case is different than everybody else. The question is, though, do you really, knowing that, that towing is going to be such a huge part of the Cybertruck use case, do you not think that they're going to somehow bake that into the... I'm playing the, devil's advocate here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I, as what, where we are in time right now, sure, I, I'm with you. Yeah. If you had it and you couldn't use it, no, what the hell would you buy it for? But I have to think they're going to figure out a way to make it work while trailering. Well, let's just say that I protected myself because I placed two orders for Cybertruck, one with FSD and one without. So... My Look price is protected. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm not convinced I'm going to buy it, but at least I'm protected. Anyways, uh, let's move on here. Second question. Again, this is related to uh, Kim's uh, talk about FSD. Is the current FSD beta currently avoiding potholes and debris in the road? Um, it is. Uh, I don't think it's really um, consistent. Like it, it's not, which is speed bumps, right? It slows down a little bit. It's very good with speed bumps. Yeah. 
Um, there have been times when in uh, on my videos, I'll be like, oh, I don't know why the car just did that. Like it'll like kind of swerve a little bit. And then one of the YouTube viewers will point out, oh, it was because that patch in the road, it thought, probably thought it was a pothole. Um, a lot of other beta, I haven't noticed it specifically like avoiding a giant pothole in the road, but other beta testers have. So I haven't personally run into that situation, but others have. So I take that to mean that it's something that's on Tesla's radar. If it's not a hundred percent yet, we get it because it's beta, but, um, but it, it has done it for others. And as for um, debris in the road, um, I haven't, I haven't had it like swerve for debris though. Others have, I think somebody's, um, well, it wasn't debris. It was like a deer or a squirrel or something. Somebody, one of the Raphael, 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 uh, saw a cat. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I have, um, one of my videos that I put on early, early on, uh, there was a crow in the road and you know, crows are pretty big birds. And I think it was like picking at something in the road. Um, and my car rendered it like the beta rendered it as a box in the road. Um, and it started to slow down, but then the bird threw, flew away when I approached and then my car kept going. So it saw it and it was starting to react to it, but then the bird flew away. So like, I haven't had it, like I was just on my road trip and I saw a lot of road kill, but there was nothing in the road to avoid. I see. I was kind of hoping that that would happen. I wanted <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. Cool. So I think it does is the answer. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, one more question for Kim, and it's related to RoboTaxis. This comes from GoTesla. He says, does Kim believe that RoboTaxis will become a reality this year? If not this year, then uh, when and why? I know it's very speculative, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not an expert in this area. I can just, you know, I'm, I'm just driving my car for, you know, the software. I don't think it's going to happen this year, though, just based on what's happening now. Like, it just seems I, very... I would agree with you on that, yeah. Yeah. Um, if I were to like take a complete wild guess, I would say, you know, a couple years is my, but I, I know nothing. Like, don't listen to me. Um, <laughs> Neither do we. Yeah. <laughs> We've been saying the same thing for the last four years. Any day now, any yeah. day now, yeah. any day now. Yeah. But I do think, I do think that it will happen. Like, I, I think that if it's possible to happen, that Tesla is going to do it. Like, all it's in, just... All indications, like, if you watch enough videos from Andre Kaparthi, who's the head of Tesla Vision there at Tesla, um, mm -hmm. they know what they're doing. And, yeah. you know, this this latest iteration where they've removed the radar from the threes and the whys, there's been a lot of talk on the internet. And for the most part, other than some edge cases, it's actually working quite well. Um and they are going to issue some software updates to make it even better. Again, that's this is not something that Tesla flipped the switch because they ran out of parts. It's something they've been working on for some time. I know there's been a lot of speculation. Why are they holding the cars back? Is because of the radar thing? No, no, no. This is this is something else. They this has been planned for some time now. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's uh, move on here. Next question comes from Brian. He says, I'm thinking of purchasing a Model Y, but I can't decide between the long range and the performance. Any thoughts on what I should consider when deciding between the two? Also, can you fit smaller rims? Here you go, Ian. Can you fit smaller rims on a performance uh, 18 or 19 inch? He says, thanks. You know, love the show. Thank you very much, Brian. That's a tough call. Um, you know, the all-wheel drive version <clears throat> of, well, the three, the three and the three, the performance you know, the time difference between in the acceleration is so close. Um, 
unless you really want the bigger brakes and you want the track mode, I mean, which is not even present on the Model Y at this point, I think in some respects, and Ian may feel otherwise, I think it's a bit of a hard sell. Yeah, yeah oddly, I'm I'm kind of with you. It it has you know somewhat different vibe the Y. So you know, if I really wanted a performance car, I would I'd go for the three. But I think there's a lot of people that can only they need the one vehicle. It has to do everything, haul the family, haul the cargo, whatever else. But they don't want to give up the sportiness. And, you know, that's a big segment now. I mean, look at all these AMG Mercedes SUVs, you know, and same thing with the the uh, the M, the XM series, you know, from BMW, et cetera, et cetera, the Q, whatever, from Audi. There's, there's a segment now for performance SUVs. So there's there's a use case for these things. So, yeah, I mean, if, if you want something that hauls a lot of cargo and goes like hell, sure. I mean, it's, you know, and it's no longer a huge price difference. You know, they, they've sort of narrowed the gap a little bit, especially since the, the base and the mid models have been coming up in price and they haven't touched the performance. It's more or less well, stayed the same. That's the moneymaker right there. Brian did right, not, exactly. Know, Brian also didn't mention whether he was interested in five or seven seat. I know on the Model Y performance, you can't get the seven seat. So just yeah. keep that in mind too. That's a I good mean, point. For me personally, like, and I think that a lot of us can, would probably say the same thing. Um, you know, the, the performance, I have a stealth P, so I have the, 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 um, zero to 60, but you know, you, you kind of do that when you first get the car because it's exciting and it's fun. It's kind of a party trick and you want to show your friends, but then you stop doing it. You know, like, it's just not, Guilty. you know, I mean, occasionally you'll still yeah. like the pole position at the light just for fun, but the regular version is really fast. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. you don't. So if you're not going to track your car, I would get the I would get the all-wheel drive long range. Model. I would agree with you. Right now, I mean, I love my Performance Model Three. Um, I wouldn't. I mean, if something was to happen, I'd order another one in a heartbeat. But if I was going to a Model Y, just the yeah. long range one is what I would get. Just yeah. it's just having said that, and some of the deficiencies of the Y over the three. I mean, you lose a little bit of range because you get the bigger wheels and it doesn't have the track mode and doesn't have the seven seat. If that's your thing, there are some, there are some detriments to it. You can buy a spoiler. I mean, it's not the end of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will address the last part of the question because that comes back to the range loss thing, right? The only reason, the only reason you lose range on the performance model is because of those giant 21 inch Uber turbines with their wide, sticky, very inefficient, high performance tires. Yes, you can go, as a matter of fact, even with the performance brakes, you can go down to 18-inch. I mean, I have 18s on my Model 3 outside right now with the mm-hmm. performance brakes. Um, Trav has them as well. However, I, I introduce a caveat on Model Y. Model Y, the smallest base size is 19-inch. So even though it has the same performance brakes as yeah. Model 3, and yes, you can fit certain 18-inch aftermarket wheels on it, I am loath to recommend it. I actually took it out of our software. I mean, we have wheels that'll fit, but um, one of the problems is finding 18-inch wheels that have a high enough uh, load capacity. That's a big problem because um, the Model Y empty weighs about 400 pounds more and has significantly higher cargo uh, capacity. So its total gross vehicle weight is about 20 or 30% higher overall than a Model 3. So any wheel that you took off a Model 3 don't assume that you can use it on a Y. I, I, I've said this several times in the show. I want to reinforce that because there's, unless you know that the load rating and uh, on aftermarket wheels, it's usually stamped into the back of the wheel, the amount of pounds or kilos of weight that's engineered to handle. Unless it's built specifically for the axle ratings on the Model Y, don't use it. So they're a little harder to find in 18 inch. The other thing too is if you ever had a problem with the drivetrain, um, 
and you roll into the dealership and you're on 18s, Tesla might look at it and go, well, we've never certified this thing to run on 18 inch wheels. And then you're into this whole legal schmozzle of it. Well, prove to me that, you know, yeah. especially in the US, you have excellent consumer protection laws. The onus is on the manufacturer to prove that whatever change you've done is the part that affected and caused problem XYZ. But do you really want to go there? I mean, so I, my my recommendation and my, my rule personally at our company is you don't go under 19 inch on the Model Y because that's what it's engineered for. You know, make sure that all the electronic nannies stay happy and, and that's it. I mean, I've seen people do it. I know people who've done it. You know, we've done some minor testing. It doesn't seem to cause any problems. But um, just for the sake of keeping everything kosher, I recommend doing 19s. But there's absolutely no problem. They they fit you know, so as long as you got a 19 inch that's engineered for it uh, and stick with the width, right? They're very wide wheels. They're 19 by nine and a half. So again, to retain the proper handling characteristics of the vehicle and maintain the efficiency, stick with a nine and 19, nine and a half is my recommendation. And specifically one that's designed to carry the axle loads of the Y. There you go, Brian, the tire and wheel God has spoken. Do not <laughs> anger him. <laughs> All right. Last question of the evening comes from Matt. He says, I've been thinking lately about the ideal charging stop would look like that. Uh, oh my God, this is a long one. That <laughs> should be better than a gas station. Oftentimes supercharging stations can be somewhat inconveniently located and not offer the basic amenities gas station. My idea would be to build a warehouse or a tent, a sprung structure. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> Close off the, uh, off the freeway where the charging stalls <clears throat> could be inside and protected from the elements. Uh, I'd have vacuums and windshield washers and charging stalls, uh, pull-through stations for towing, um, Wi-Fi connectivity, clean bathrooms, blah, blah, blah. So what do you think? What are your options? Uh, what would be your ideal road tripping stop for an EV? Thanks. Wow, that's a long one. <laughs> well, I, I think, you know, to start off, I think Tesla is kind of on that path a little bit. You know, what we talked about earlier in the show about the, the restaurants, I mean, the Kettleman cities where you've got like 40 stalls, they've got some new ones in California, you know, they're coming up with 56. Um, and, you know, Tesla, when they build these big ones, they're by amenities, uh, restaurants and the like. So I see them as a path, you know, I mean, these are stepping stones, right? They can't, they only have so many resources. They can only do things um, a little bit at a time. But as we mentioned a little bit earlier in the show, I mean, the, the start with the restaurant, I think is, is a step. It's an experiment. Tesla likes to experiment. Remember when they did the, uh, the, the battery swap station at uh, Harris Ranch? Yeah. It never flew. People wanted free supercharging at the time rather than paid. So they dropped the idea. So mm -hmm. something like this is, is another experiment. Whether it flies or not, we'll see. I think it'll be popular at first because it'll be a novelty. How far do they take it? I don't know. I think these are all valid points, um, but how much can they implement given the resources that they have? I don't know. I, I, I think that's the, when you get into large structures that encompass the entire area, you're talking a lot more money to build out. And there's maintenance, of course, that goes with that and so on, right? Um, different burning we, building We can't permits. even get the garbage cans for some people to put the garbage <laughs> exactly. cans this by the superchargers to be cleaned out you for know? crying out loud. So, I mean, Matt's got a great idea, but um, one thing that's kind of cool is in, in sort of these, some of these mega installations now, you have those solar roofs, right, which kind of act like little carports. Yep. You're kind of halfway there. At least you're a little sheltered if it's raining or snowing or whatever. At least you got a little place to walk under so you're you're out of the elements I, I think that's where matt was going with this i assume is like you want to be outside from the weather when or inside from the weather when when you're when you're charging or whatever but um yeah i i think cost wise it might be prohibitive kim you just did a big road trip what would yeah. you what would you have liked to see um 
Well, I think it would be great if they had like an area, I, I don't have a dog, but it would be an area where you could like walk your dog, like a lot of people travel with their dogs or somewhere where you could like take your kids out to, you know, get their energy out, like a little playground or something like that. Like those are things that road trip, people that road trip with families are thinking about. Um, I think they could sell, they could have like vending machines with merch, like little, yeah, 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 you know. Merch. They could have some, um, you know, accessories, like fun accessories for your Teslas. Um, you know, I, I initially, I thought about this a lot, like back in the day, because I had a Model S like in 2015. And I was like, oh, it'd be so cool if they had like a lounge area and like all this stuff. But you don't spend that much time with superchargers. No. anymore. You know, so that's not really needed. You're there for 15, 20 minutes. So what do you need in 15 to 20 minutes? I like the idea of the windshield washing station. Mm-hmm. I um, clean the bugs off my the front of my car. I call, you know, the Model 3 front end is is the bug. The bug yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, so that's what I do uh, at, at each stop. So I think that that's a great idea um, having set up for that. And um, just really having just a place to, to stretch. And, and if they wanted to have food, um, like maybe even vending machines with yeah. food, but high quality, like healthy options, like something like that is what I would like to see. All good points. I, I just had a flash when you said someplace for the kids to burn off their energy. They should have like <laughs> treadmills or like these big giant human sized hamster wheels and the kids could power the, <laughs> yeah. kids could power the superchargers, you know, more yeah. green energy. See? <laughs> all good points well thanks for matt for uh, submitting that i mean this is a discussion we got to have right and we don't know what tesla's plans are but it shows that they are they're not afraid to experiment i'm still waiting for the roller coaster at the fremont factory yeah <laughs> i was going to mention this i almost forgot right this this is my cyber truck <laughs> oh yeah my, yeah yeah you i already got took your, it apart well i'm frankensteining uh, it right now because yeah, my friend yeah. gave me a trackus Traxxas, whatever they call them, the, the, the RC ones. Anyways, um, so for those of you who are not aware, I mean, Tesla did that $400 limited edition Cybertruck thing, and now they just come out with the, the, the Mattel toy version, 100 bucks. Literally, the shell on the outside is the same. So this, this body area here on the back is different between this one and the 400 because it's got the rolling cover and it has the interior. But I ripped out all the electronics. I mean, it's all replaceable because my friend of mine, <clears throat> uh, Dustin, gave me a... Uh, a track is so i'm uh, i'm in the process of trying to retrofit i have to do a bunch of 3d printing and get some stuff to you're creating a cyberstein uh, yeah my franken truck so anyways, okay. i thought i'd bring that up but anyways I, I don't know i mean i started doing some 3d design today and i just i just i got i got frustrated so i gave it up uh so anyways i'll, I'll come back to it but anyways just thought i'd share that with you <laughs> I, I mean if i had it back together i would show you guys i mean it's nothing really to to show and stuff um, the fact that it costs a hundred bucks, that's not worth it. It's, it should be maybe 30 or 40, but it is what it is. Ian, you're still waiting for yours? Yeah. Yeah. I was one of the schmoes that, uh, that ordered it online. And of course you now get one delivered to your door. You need to check Toys R Us. Yeah. Kim, we still have Toys R Us in Canada. Oh, wow. You didn't go bankrupt. I, I totally missed out on this whole thing. Like whenever. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm missing much. Because so, you're out, you're out road tripping, I yeah, guess. When, yeah, that, when guess the so. thing came. Yeah, well, yeah. they sold out like literally three minutes. So it was very. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. Okay. Well, that brings us pretty much to the end of the show. And Kim, since you are our guest, you get to plug whatever the hell you want. Where can people <laughs> find you on the internet? Or Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not, I don't have anything to sell. Um, you can, <laughs> you can, um, you can subscribe to my YouTube, which is, um, I'll put a link uh, in the show for you. Yeah. And, um, follow me on Twitter, but 
that's it. I'm sorry. I didn't have any, you know. Next, next time you better have some merch, you know, because, you know, yeah. Earl's always got the front puppy and we need somebody the Peloton, you know. I need, like, somebody make me a t-shirt. I'll sell it. <laughs> Earl, if you're listening, my wife is still waiting for the front kitty that you promised her. Just kidding, buddy. All right, Ian, where can people find you if they want to chat with you? Well, on Twitter, the handle is at Ian Bevelko, um, at Tesla Owners Online. You can find me under the handle Mad Hungarian. And of course, if you are looking for some Tesla merch, there's always my faithful um, Mad Hungarian Evolvewear, which you can find at teespring.com. Just get on the site and uh, do a little search for Mad Hungarian Evolvewear, and uh, it should pop up. Excellent. Well, I guess that leaves me. I'm very active on Twitter. You can find me, Tesla Owners Online. Make sure you check out the forum at teslaownersonline.com. We have lots and lots and lots of members and lots of discussions going on. I also want to give a shout out to our sponsors uh, for this show. That's the great, great guys at uh, EvanX who have uh, wonderful Tesla accessories and the folks at Fine Lab who make that wonderful ceramic coating. By the way, if you're on the Tesla Owners Online forum, click uh, quick um, links at the top. We have a forums and uh, accessory sponsors there. We have lots and lots of sponsors. So please make sure you give them some business. Wheels, accessories, Jetta. I mean, they're there. Uh, Summit Racing. I mean, those guys are going to go someplace. Summit Racing is one of the biggest names in the industry. Mountain Pass Performance. I mean, they're all there. Please give them some business. We really appreciate it. Every little bit helps everybody along the way. That's it for this week, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for joining us, guys, and we'll see you next time. Good night. Bye. Bonsoir tout le monde.